let's just jump into it. Hi, I'm Kayla. And I'm Helene. And this is High Crime. Okay, so this episode is a special little mini, well, we'll see if it's actually mini, but it's a little mini episode where we are going to talk about some urban legends because I love them and they're laid out so perfectly for us in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Woo! Urban legends. Yeah, this is us trying to be proactive and recording an extra episode. So if we're stuck around Halloween time, Boom. There we go. Got an episode. It's already done. Ba-bam. I know. I went to say a sound effect, and the only thing that came to my mind was boom. <laughs> and I almost was like, bada-boom. But then I was like, but that's kind of like, bada-bing. I don't know. Bada-bing. Bada-boom. I'm Kayla. <laughs> I'm now an Italian mobster or Chandler Bing. Yeah. Either one. <laughs> that's what I often confuse you as. <laughs> Kayla, I say Kayla. Kayla is my best friend in LA. Yeah, what is she like? Oh, you know, she's often confused for an Italian mobster. I do like to cook for my friends. Well, that's more like a mobster wife. Yeah. I don't know. Look, I'm very not a fan of guns, so I would be the worst mobster. I would be a terrible mobster. I would be. I would be a great mob wife, though. I could see it. Yeah, I already am so great at ignoring horrible red flags. (laughs) But he's so sweet. (laughs) Perfect. All right. How about you go first? Okay. So we're going to talk about the white gown. Ooh. So it's based on an old urban legend called the poison dress. And a version of the story appeared in scary stories to tell in dark. Do I, do I tell the story first? What do you mean? Or like, do I read the story first? Are we reading the story to our friends? What, first, what do you mean, before what? Before we talk about it? Yeah, the whole point is reading the story. Oh, cool. (laughs) That's what I was hoping. (laughs) So, this is the white gown, or the white satin evening gown in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. There was a young woman who was very lonely. She desperately wanted to find herself a boyfriend. The only problem was that she had very little money, so she never went anywhere and never met anybody. Been there. Yeah, haven't we all? (laughs) One day, she received an invitation to a party at an expensive hotel. The girl really wanted to go, but she didn't have any nice clothes to wear for such an occasion. She didn't even have enough money to buy a new dress. Yeah. Why don't you... Buy a dress in the second-hand shop, her mother suggested. The girl went down to a second-hand shop not far from where she lived and managed to find a beautiful white satin evening gown. It fit her perfectly, and the price was surprisingly cheap. (laughs) I love love this version of the story. It's like, surprisingly cheap. (laughs) She immediately bought it and rushed home. That night, when she arrived at the hotel, the girl looked so radiant and attractive that all eyes were on her. Every single young man at the dance was desperate to meet her. She danced with one handsome man after another and was having a wonderful time. She began to feel like her luck was changing for the better, which is a terrible sign. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't happen. (laughs) Soon, however, she began to feel dizzy and faint and she had trouble staying on her feet. She asked one of the young men to help her downstairs and get her into a taxi. When she got home, 
The girl crawled up the stairs and lay down on her bed. The next morning, the girl's mother knocked on her bedroom door, but there was no answer. When the woman opened the door, she found her daughter lying, lifeless, on the bed. She was so young. I know. Too young. She called the doctor, but it was no use. By the time he arrived, the girl was already dead, which usually happens when someone's lifeless. But yeah. What, what are we going to do? I mean, I can't hold it against her mom. It's her daughter. Exactly. And you're going to have to call them anyways. Yeah. The doctor examined her, but he couldn't understand what had killed her. So he asked the coroner to perform an autopsy. Because it's his job. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) He he asked the coroner to perform a magic trick. (laughs) How'd you get all those scarves inside your sleeve? (laughs) No, it's not. We're so annoying. People are like, just finish the story. It, okay. <laughs> it turned out that the girl had been poisoned by an embalming fluid. Ugh. Yeah. Tests I was were, there. Tests were done, and traces of embalming fluid were found on the white gown. Because she was dancing so much, the girl started sweating, and the embalming fluid entered her pores and slowly stopped her blood from flowing. Police questioned the owner of the second-hand shop. He said he had bought the white satin evening gown from an undertaker's helper. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just casual. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I get all my dresses. Also, why would the guy tell him he's an undertaker's helper? Hey, I'm an undertaker's helper. I just ripped this dress <laughs> off a dead body. Anyways. So that girl this- is in her coffin naked? <laughs> so... Here, he said he had bought the white satin evening gown from an undertaker's helper. He, the undertaker's helper, as he identified himself so obviously, (laughs) had stolen it from the body of a dead girl just before she was buried. That's so sad. So she's in her her fucking casket naked, and this other girl is now dead. Exactly. Okay, so I have some... I have some science, <laughs> not to be, <laughs> not to play devil's advocate You are the here. fucking worst. I know, but I just want to say, like, if there's embalming fluid on a dress, just because it, like, goes, like, you might need to take a shower, you might get, like, a rash, but, like, you probably wouldn't, it's not going to, like, embalm, like, you're not going to, like, die. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I don't really know either way. I'm I'm sure it can't. I'm not I I'm it's not like I think it's going to embalm you, but I'm sure it's not healthy. Yeah, it's probably not great. So Snopes did one. Snopes did the legend and examples. Legend. A gown used to dress a corpse for a funeral is removed from the body and returned to the store where it's purchased. An unsuspecting customer buys the gown and wears it to a dance where embalming fluid from the dress, seeps into her pores and kills her. Variations, origins. As Raymond Himlick of Indiana University noted, the poison dress legend has a couple of analogs in classical mythology. Hercules was poisoned by a robe his wife had dipped in the blood of a former suitor, and Medea, the sorceress, sent a poison robe to Creusa, the woman her, her husband had taken up with after divorcing her. And yeah, so it's a 
It's a general. I've also heard different variations of it. Like it's an emerald green dress. Oh, yeah. So there's like several variations to the story. And variations include uh, racist versions of the story, um, which was popular in um, post-reconstructionist post-reconstruction America, which obviously makes sense, where it's like the dress was the original dress belonged to a black girl and then the victim was a white girl. There's uh, the odor of the dress is the clue. And there's so many, there's so many variations. Greedy morticians, removing expensive dresses from his clients. And the second thing, yeah, they're returning it. That sounds more like something that would be but like it makes more sense to me that a greedy mortician would just like take the dress off and be like oh i know this is from bloomingdale so i'm just gonna take it back to bloomingdale you know what i mean like it just it makes more sense that they're returning it than someone is like hi i'm the undertaker's assistant do you want to buy this dress yeah that's the thing about so arsenic and mercury was used in a lot of clothing like a lot of clothing back in the day. Aniline dyes that inflamed Med's feet, um, gave people bladder cancer, lead makeup, celluloid, celluloid combs, which women wore in their hair, exploded if they got too hot. Um, there were just so many, like, so many crazy things that we put into our clothes until a, um, uh, oh, arsenic. That's that's where the green dress comes to play. Arsenic and old lace. Arsenic was everywhere in Victorian Britain. Although it was known to be used as a murder weapon, the cheap natural element was used in candles, curtains, wallpaper. And um, because it dyed fabric bright green, arsenic also ended up in dresses, gloves, shoes, and artificial flower wreaths oh that women would God. fire with. Yeah. So if, so if anyone on Etsy is like, I have this beautiful Victorian dress. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bright. buy it. <laughs> Don't buy it. It's arsenic. There's, there's a book. These facts come from James C. Wharton, The Arsenic Century, How Victorian Britain Was Poisoned at Home, Work, and Play. Mm, okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. I am obsessed. There's like a demonstrating flannel, like the flammability of garments and it's kind of crazy (laughs) um (laughs) are we ready for the next story yes 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 okay now this one is a classic i'm sure i'm sure everyone has it is called the hook all right donald and sarah went to the movies then they went for a ride in donald's car they parked up on a hill at the edge of town From there, they could see the lights up and down the valley. Donald turned on the radio and found some music, but an announcer broke in with a news bulletin. A murderer had escaped from the state prison. He was armed with a knife and was headed south on foot. His left hand was missing. In its place, he wore a hook. Let's roll up up the windows and lock the doors, said Sarah. (laughs) That's a good idea, said Donald. The prison isn't too far away, said Sarah. Maybe we really should go home. Typical man. But it's only 10 o'clock, said Donald. But Sarah is a bad bitch, and she was like, I don't care what time it is. I want to go home. Yeah. But still, Donald said, look, Sarah, he's not going to climb all the way up here. Why would he do that? Even if he did, all the doors are locked. How could he get in? 
Right, because he couldn't break a window. Exactly. I'm like, um, excuse? <laughs> yeah, Donald, you obviously have never had your car window broken. <laughs> it is not fun. Uh, so, blah, blah, blah. Donald, he could take that hook and break... Oh, fuck. <laughs> See, women just know. Sarah goes, Donald, he could take that hook and break through a window and open a door. She said, I'm scared. I want to go home. Yeah, should listen to her. Donald was annoyed. Girls always are afraid of something, he said. Fuck you, Donald. Yeah, fuck you, Donald. <laughs> <laughs> As he started the car, Sarah thought she heard some- something or someone scratching at her door. Did you hear that? She asked as they roared away. It sounded like somebody was trying to get in. But Donald oh. keeps being a bitch, and he's like, oh, sure. Donald. <laughs> yeah, fucking Donald. Soon, they got to her house. Would he like to come in and have some cocoa, she asked, even though he was being a D-bag? <laughs> no, he said. I've got to go home. You weren't busy five minutes ago, Donald. He went around to the other side of the car to let her out. Hanging on the door handle was a hook. That one, I'm sure you've been told that one, right? So when I was younger, I just would close my ears and eyes when I would listen to scary stories. And sometimes I still do that now. But I force myself because all of my friends like scary things and all of my dates like scary things. So now on a true crime podcast. And I'm on a true crime podcast. So I think I'm just like a natural masochist. And I think I'm just like, you know what? This is terrifies me. I think I'll talk. But I'm also fascinated by it. I okay. I watched the movie um, Unfriend. Unfriended. Unfriended. That was pretty good. I got scared. <laughs> Don't see the second one. The second one is bad. Well, so the second one is called like Unfriended, the Dark Web, or something like that. Uh huh. And I just like yeah, I know the Dark Web exists, but I just thought it was going to be like. I thought they were just saying that in the title because it's a horror movie. I figured it would just be another iteration of Unfriended. But it was, like, actually about the dark web. And so it wasn't, like, spirits haunting her. It was legit this horrible group of rich people who bought young women so they could kill them in heinous ways and videotape it for their own pleasure. And then so this one group finds out about it. So then they're just, like, brutally killing all of the kids so that they can't tell on them because they were trying to save the women and it's just fucking bleak as hell and i saw it on a date and it was awful oh no um, i don't want to hear about the dark web the dark, i don't i don't want to be a part of it i i just no i don't want to hear about people buying people that's no if you're real. interested in that you could just go on black hat and like look at the dark web that way no and that's exactly what i don't want to do oh yeah don't go there it's scary <laughs> I went there once and I was just like wanted to see what people were doing there like saying and I was like all right five minutes I'm good <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah no okay so unfriended was so it was really good I predicted the story like at least like five minutes away through and then I but also okay Marina was super scary Super, but wait, dead Laura. We, wait, I don't remember who those characters are. The the girl in the hoodie. 
Oh, okay. So we're talking about two different movies. So there, so there was one that I saw in theaters and then, and it was like these shitty people bullied this girl because they like got her on video doing something. And so they bullied her about it and she killed herself. And then they were all like on their Facebooks or on, you know, their computers, something. And the, basically like the ghost of that girl is killing her. So that's why I thought the second one would be like a ghost story. Then there's another one that's on Netflix. I have also seen that one. And that's, yeah, that's the girl in the hoodie. Yeah, yeah. The, I saw the Netflix one. Okay. Yeah, that, that was, I mean, it wasn't bad for like a Netflix. It was like a good, solid. I knew, do. I predicted at the beginning to the, that almost all of those characters were way too generically good looking to make it to the end of the movie and I was correct (laughs) I was like even I was like I know the main girl is supposed to survive but she just has that look about her like the way that they did her makeup because I know it's also um Lexa Lexa from the 100 and she looks badass in that but the way they did her up was so good in that very like generic girl way Mm -hmm. and I was like yeah no she's not not even the protagonist is making it through this one (laughs) But at the end, like, because they made her look so basic, at the end, when she was, when she was the, that's, this is ruining it for everybody, but, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, <laughs> um, when she was dead, I agreed with the person I was watching the movie with, we were both, like, oddly attracted to dead Laura. Oh, my God. We were like, actually, dead Laura was kind of hot, not gonna lie. Oh, my goodness. Okay, but, like, actually, if you look up, like, dead Laura unfriended just just do it just google it you'll see what i mean she kind of has that like she could be in a warped tour band she could be like a suicide girl you know what i mean (laughs) you're like you're like i'm done with you (laughs) well everything that's coming up is the first unfriended yeah oh the first girl no like the the other movie that i thought you were talking about oh is it called unfriended or the friend request Oh, yeah. Unfriended is definitely the one I was thinking of, but maybe it is called Friend Request. Or the something with friends. Something with Facebook. My favorite thing about those kinds of movies is, though, where they're like, and they, like, go, and they, like, the, like, nerdy guy, like, goes into the algorithm, like, goes into the code of Facebook. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, no, you, no, you can't do that. I was like, I shouted out. I was like, the API wouldn't allow you to do that. The API barely allows you to do anything. And the person watching the movie with me was kind of just like, what are you talking? They were like, not down with like nerdy shit and didn't like, they didn't care to ask me what I was nerding about, which I was kind of offended by. I was like, hello, this is where you're oddly attracted to me because I'm talking about really nerdy stuff and I'm smart and beautiful. And then you're going to be like, oh, Helene, how do you know that? You're so smart and beautiful. And then I would explain, and that didn't happen. I'm so sorry for you. Thank you. I was like, hello, this is your inquisitive moment. <laughs> um, so I was gravely offended. And that obviously, that movie date obviously did not pan out as uh, as planned. Neither did mine. See? <laughs> <laughs> Don't see that movie on a date. Um, do you have another story for us? I do. 
I have one called the babysitter. Mm. Okay, the babysitter. The babysitter story is based on the urban legend of a girl who's babysitting three children one night when she receives a creepy phone call. It's also known as the babysitter and the man upstairs. And this also appeared in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. So, the babysitter. There was a young girl who was in need of a job where she was able to find work as a babysitter for a couple who lived in a large, isolated, old house. They were going out to see a movie that night and left the teenage babysitter in charge of their three young children. The babysitter. Yeah, been there, done that. (laughs) Haunted house, three children, babysitting. The babysitter put the children to bed when it got late and then went downstairs to watch some television. She was just getting comfortable when she heard the phone ringing. When she answered it, all she heard was heavy breathing. (sighs) Ew. (sighs) Followed by a man's voice asking, Have you checked on the children? Freaked out, as she should be. As soon as you hear a man's voice, just freak out, no matter what you do. (laughs) She hung up the phone trying to convince herself that it was just someone playing a practical joke on her. Um, excuse. Anytime you're, you are alone in a scary house and you think someone's playing a practical joke on you, don't think that. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not, and you're going to die. She went back to watching television, but about 15 minutes later, a very specific amount of time, <laughs> the phone rang Again, she picked up the receiver and heard hysterical laughter from the other end of the line. <laughs> then the s- <laughs> Can I just say real quick, though, that I have, in fact, answered a phone before, not while I was babysitting. And the only thing on the other line was either heavy breathing or men's laughter or men shouting, and it was really fucking terrifying because it was this weird guy who I had told, like, we had never even met in person, but he came on super strong, and he had my number, which I don't often give out, so I don't really know why I did that, and I just was like, yeah, this isn't going to work. I'm sorry, and he was like, yeah, okay, and then he kept texting me and kept texting me and was like, anytime I'm, I can't promise that when I'm drunk, I'm not going to text you. And I'm like, but I'm asking you not to. So I finally blocked him. And then he went fucking berserk and called me at like 11 at night, like 15 times in a row. And I would just hear like yelling or laughing. And I finally unblocked him. And I was like, hey, what are you doing? And he was like, oh, it wasn't me. But then it fucking stopped after that. So I think it was him. Yeah, that's really fucking creepy, and I'm glad you're not dead. Thank you. Me too. Yay. Oh, my God. I just got scared. I remembered that when you were telling me that was happening. That was awful. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. so Maniacal laughter. Maniacal laughter. Then the same voice asked, (laughs) why haven't you checked on the children? (laughs) That's terrifying. Right? The babysitter slammed down the phone. The poor girl was frightened out of her. <laughs> I love this. The poor girl was frightened out of her wits <laughs> and immediately called the police. I feel like I need to say that in a British accent. The poor girl was frightened out of her wits and immediately <laughs> called the police. <laughs> That's fair. The operator at the police station told the babysitter that if the man called again, 
she should try to keep him talking. That would give the police time to trace the call. Good job, police. Always doing your job. A few minutes later, the phone rang a third time. And when the babysitter answered it, she heard the heavy breathing again. (sighs) The voice on the line said, you should really check on the children. My God, get a life. The babysitter listened to him laughing hysterically for a long time. <laughs> she hung up the phone again, and almost immediately, it rang again. This time, it was the operator. Oh, ah! <laughs> <laughs> the operator from the police station who yelled, Get out of the house right now! The calls are coming from the upstairs phone. The call is coming from inside the house. baby, Yeah. The babysitter dropped the phone in shock, and suddenly she heard heavy footsteps walking down the stairs. Without pausing for a second, she ran out of the house as fast as her legs would carry her. Just as she closed the front door behind her, a man's hand slammed against the glass. She screamed and ran out into the street just as a police car was pulling up outside. The police searched the house and found the two children upstairs hiding in a closet, crying uncontrollably. In the parents' bedroom, they found a bloody axe lying on the floor next to the upstairs phone. The back window was wide open and the curtains were blowing in the breeze. There was no sign of the madman who had made the phone calls. He had escaped into the night. When the police arrived and managed to interrupt his horrible plan to kill the two children and the poor babysitter. Why was his axe bloody? Also, also in this version of the story, the, the story starts out with three young children. And then at the end of this, there's two young children. <laughs> and there's, I feel like there's well, maybe like a- that's why the axe is bloody. Oh, maybe. I guess- I think I definitely, there's multiple versions of this. And in one of them, he does kill the kids. So maybe in this one, they just leave out the fact that one of the kids was <laughs> that he killed one of the kids. <laughs> They're like, and to just casually drop. <laughs> this is from a scary. This is from scaryforkids.com, <laughs> where it has a lot of the urban legends and stuff. Yeah, it's different than the one in the book that I have in my hands because uh, <laughs> they do. Uh, so there are four kids in this one, and the. He in when he calls, he says one more hour, and he just keeps saying like, uh, "Where else does he say it?" Very soon now, and then the same thing like the tele the nine one one operator is like, "You better leave." He's upstairs, um, and then it ends. A man they had never seen before started down the stairs toward them. As they ran from the house, he was smiling in a very strange way. A few minutes later, the police found him and arrested him. (laughs) So they wanted to tie it up with a nice bow. Yeah. (laughs) So, urban legend, other versions. The caller turns out to be either one of the children or an elder sibling, but get told off by the police. So fucking pissed. I know. Another version, the babysitter is also killed. The babysitter managed to rescue the children and the prowler gets arrested. Another one, while being taken away by the 
police, the prowler whispers, see you soon to the babysitter. Ew. In some versions, when the prowler calls the babysitter, he just makes scary noises like giggling or, hair- or heavy breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, when the operator says that the calls were coming from the house, the phone goes quiet. The other one says the operator asks if the babysitter is still there, and all they get is the is noises, meaning that the babysitter was also killed. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's another one where the children are with the babysitter in a certain amount of time, and then they hear an upstairs door opening and footsteps, um, and that's the scary story in the dark. And then there's the the last version. <laughs> Is a years later, the babysitter is now an adult and has a family of her own. One evening, she and her husband go to have dinner out while a babysitter looks after their children. The evening is going great until a waiter approaches their table and says that there is a phone call for her. She then answers the phone and hears, Did you check the children? (laughs) Playing the long game. The very long game. I totally, uh, I totally watched that movie when a stranger calls. Yeah, with Camila Bell. Yeah, what? Where's Camila Bell? What is she up to these days? I don't know. Taylor Swift probably put a hit on her. Did Taylor Swift put a hit on her? <laughs> I don't know. Remember, she hated her because she dated Joe Jonas. I thought Taylor Swift and Camila Bell hooked up. No, she wrote a really mean song about her because she, when after Joe dumped her via phone. He started dating Camila. So then she wrote that song that was like, she's an actress, but she's better known for the stuff she does on the mattress. Right. I have one more story. Okay. It is called High Beams. I said that very loudly. This is another classic that I feel like most people probably heard. I know I definitely heard it when you were just like telling scary stories as a kid. (laughs) All right. The girl driving the old blue sedan was a senior at the high school. She lived on a farm about eight miles away and used the car to drive back and forth. Well, yeah, that's what cars do. Usually. She had driven into town that night to see a basketball game. Now she was on her way home. As she pulled away from the school, she noticed a red pickup truck follow her out of the parking lot. A few minutes later, the truck was still behind her. I guess we're going in the same direction, she thought. She began to watch the truck in her mirror. When she changed her speed, the driver of the truck changed his speed. When she passed a car, so did he. Then he turned on his high beams, flooding her car with light. He left them on for almost a minute. He probably wants to pass me, she thought, but she was becoming uneasy. Usually she drove home over a back road. Not too many people went that way. But when she turned onto the road, so did the truck. I've got to get away from him, she thought, and she began to drive faster. Then he turned his high beams on again. After a minute, he turned them off. Then he turned them on again and off again. She drove even faster, but the truck stayed right behind her. Then he turned his high beams on again. Once more, her car was ablaze with light. What is he doing? She wondered. What does he want? Then he turned them off again. But a minute later, he had them on again, and he left them on. At last, she pulled into her driveway, and the truck pulled in right behind her. She jumped from the car and ran to the house. Call the police, she screamed at her father. Out in the driveway, she could see the driver of the truck. He had a gun in his hand. When the police arrived, they started to arrest him, but he pointed to the girl's car. You don't want me, he said. You want him. Crouched behind the driver's seat, there was a man with a knife. (laughs) 
As the driver of the truck explained it, the man slipped into the girl's car just before she left school. He saw it happen, but there was no way he could stop it. He thought about getting the police, but he was afraid to leave her, so he followed her car. Each time the man in the back seat reached up to overpower her, the driver of the truck turned on his high beams. Then the man dropped down, afraid that someone might see him. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why every time, when I still had a car, every time I would get in my car, I would look in the back seat. Oh, hell yeah. Every single time. The, although, to be fair, that's, it's probably because of that story. Because I definitely heard that story as a kid, and I definitely do that today. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, I always look in the back seat. I, like, I had like a fucking Honda Civic. And I was like, maybe they're hiding under the seat. There's no under, you can't <laughs> hide under the seat. No, there's no room. <laughs> like, what if he was just really small? I think there's, there's a whole story too with, um, and I think this is in the movie Urban Legend where it's like the high beams are like a gang initiation. So you like drive without your high beams and the first person who flashes their lights at you to let you know yours aren't on you like go after them. That was definitely one that I heard. That's a very intricate gang initiation. <laughs> like like a very specific and like not gang-like gang initiation where it's like, we're going to flash high beams at each other. I think it's more like... Well, no, the gang member doesn't flash high beams. The gang member... or the and it, w- it wouldn't be a member. It would be someone who's trying to get initiated. And so they would drive with their, with their lights off. And so somebody being a good Samaritan is like, hey, man, your lights are off, flashes their high beams to kind of let you know to turn on your lights. And then you'd go after him. It was just a way of finding a victim. Oh, gosh. I mean, I don't know that it ever actually happened, but that was the story. I felt like when we were younger that gangs would be way more prevalent in our – I mean, I know that gangs are prevalent in some people's lives in in different areas, but, like, from the time we were kids, everybody was like, gangs, this gang, that gang. And it's like, um, where are all these gangs? Look, I don't want to know. No. You know what? Actually, usually – gangs keep to themselves usually i am not gonna speak to this because i don't know anything about gangs honestly i lived in a neighborhood that had really bad gang violence for about eight nine months and was it concerning yeah did they bother me no so you know what i mean yeah i mean it probably it makes sense that you wouldn't want to you know, go after someone who isn't an issue for you because then you're getting unwanted police attention for no reason. Yeah. I mean, did the local uh, drug addicts try to break into me and my roommate's apartment multiple times? And did I keep my laptop, my only valuable possession, underneath all my dirty laundry just in case (laughs) someone broke in? Absolutely. However, the gangs didn't bother. The you know, local petty crime, drug addict, down on their luck people definitely tried to bother with picking locks and mm-hmm. getting in. The the other people, the gangs, they left they went about their business and did someone get shot on my blog? Yes. Did someone get stabbed in the face? Yes. But this is a really they, long time about <laughs> gangs. Did they both survive? 
one of them did. Oh my god. It was not a great neighborhood. Anyways. Um, um I think they also did this story in Scream Queens, the first season. Oh I loved Scream Queens. Me too. Um so ridiculous. It was so good. I love that. I think it's on Netflix, so. My favorite way was how Ariana Grande died. Where she, like, stopped to post about it? Yeah. Where she stops <laughs> to tweet about it. Oh, my God. I'm getting killed. And then it was just, yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> um, well, like I said, this is supposed to be a mini episode. And once I edit around all of our bullshit, it probably will be. So our I think bullshit. <laughs> I think that's all we have. That's it? I think so. We have to leave? At some point. Oh, Kayla, I don't want to leave our friends. <laughs> Guys, just stick around. Just listen to listen to me watching Are You the One? Listen to me eating my vegetable lo mein. I think one of those is more ideal than the other. Me eating my noodles? No. (laughs) I don't want to hear someone eating noodles. (laughs) Well, then, you haven't heard the right person eat noodles. I I very much disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I guess we'll have to go. Okay. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. Whenever we decide, no idea when we're going to air this. But, um... You know the drill. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, High Crime Pod. Find us there. Take, take, <laughs> out, take out a map, you know. Find us. Locate us. Find the hidden treasure. The hidden treasure is our wonderful content. <laughs> uh, which you can also find on our website, highcrimepod.com. And if you want to send us an email, it's info at highcrimepod.com. If you want to arrange an elaborate uh, skywriting session over either New York or LA skyline, please let us know. Oh my God. Don't spend the money skylighting. Tell us to start a Patreon and then donate it to us. Oh my God, please. Wow. (laughs) I forgot that those exist, but I sometimes get really paranoid. I'm like, I don't want to be that person because I've had people from high school be like, So I started a Kickstarter for my indie film about a small snail who discovers his lost family on the island. And you're like, okay, literally the earth is dying, Bill. Okay, but all podcasters do it. It's not like you can, because it's your choice, you know? And it's like, it actually is going toward, like on Red Handed, they just hit a high enough number that both of them have quit their jobs. And they're doing this full time. I mean, we're not anywhere near that. No. But, uh, oh, but you know what you can do, and it's free, you can leave us a five-star review because it really does help. Yes. And also send us good vibes. Good vibes are good too. But I will say right now, just in this moment, I feel good enough myself that I'm going to go out there and say, please give us that review because uh, it puts us on Apple's radar and then it puts us in kind of suggested lists and then more people can hear us and then we will feel better about all the work that goes into this and that we'll keep doing it. 
yeah, please give us a five-star review and also give us good vibes because even though Kayla's feeling good about herself, <laughs> my self-esteem will never be filled. So Look, I just want those reviews. That's really all I'm saying. And I just want better self-esteem. So just give us both. That's putting a lot on our listeners. <laughs> fix my, <laughs> fix my <laughs> lifelong problems and give us a five-star review. Is that, that's all I'm asking. That's all. Just make my life inherently better. I didn't make mean my life inherently. I mean, uh, uh, exponentially better. Just please make my life exponentially better. <laughs> That's all I'm asking of you. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing pretty okay. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Um, Whether or not. <laughs> should we sign off? Yeah. Let's sign off. Okay. Later, Later buds. buds. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>